Out of duty, everyone. Welcome back to another homebrewed podcast. This time we have former Newcastle artist Boo Seeker. Um, where he te- he told us that he's recently moved to the Gold Coast and he was able to play a festival, um, which is just wild to us here in New South Wales because we've been locked down now for what two and a half months. <laughs> Who knows anymore? But yeah, he, he's been keeping busy up there on the Gold Coast, relatively COVID free uh, and, you know, super, super enthusiastic. Really good chat. Uh, he has great nuggets of optimism and positivity uh, amidst, you know, the uh, crisis that's befallen our nation and the music industry too. Um, so very cool perspective to hear on that. And also where uh, he and Boo Seeker are headed uh, as an actor. Uh, the new album they've got coming out uh, sounds like it's going to be fantastic. Uh, we played just a little slice of it, an acoustic track on the show but yeah plenty to uh take out of this one uh so enjoy our chat with boo seeker good brother how are you very very well thanks. both of you i should say i'm good i'm good thank you <laughs> <laughs> We're both doing well, uh, and you're doing well as well. Just before we kick this one off, you were telling us that you're now based up on the Gold Coast, and you've actually just... You're right over there. You're, we're two minutes in, and we're a man down. This isn't a good start. Oh, that tea went down the wrong pipe. <laughs> That's golden. Um and just before, just off air, you were telling us that uh, you're now based up on the Gold Coast and you've actually just played your first show in five months. So how are you feeling right now? Man, I'm so sore. I've like, <laughs> I've never thought I could ache in places that I'm aching at right now. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. It's good to be sore again though. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen footage of, of me playing, but I'm, I'm not exactly, I don't exactly stand still. I, I bounce around on stage like a, bloody yo-yo for an hour and um after not doing it for five months man it it, it takes it out of here i thought i was gonna have a heart attack after the first song so it was uh it was good back doing it yeah i'm, I'm enjoying being sore it's great it was an incredible festival the guys up there I'm, I'm so stoked for not only the punters and the artists but even just for the organizers you know down to the the food trucks and everybody behind the scenes that's involved, you know, like just everybody, all the behind the scenes guys were just high on life and, and smiling and just so happy to be back running a festival again. It was, it was great. It was really, really, really good. And what was the vibe like up there? I mean, can you give us, you know, we're based in lockdown, New South Wales at the moment, a little bit of an insight into what one of these festivals would feel like. Cause I imagine it would just be like, well, the first festival I'm going to go to, whenever that is, it would just be like days of euphoria. Well, I think that what the most amazing thing was, was all, like 90% of the artists and probably 80% of the punters were all there on gates. And I think that's something that hasn't ha- doesn't usually happen at festivals. You know, you get there, like usually you see a, a massive amount of people showing up at the back end of it and not, you know, when gates open at 12 o'clock, they usually rock in at four or five o'clock. Everyone was there at 12 PM. Everyone was ready to go and they were there until the last song of the festival. And I think it just showed that people would have been waiting and waiting and waiting for this to happen again. And it was just such an amazing vibe. I was so stoked to be a part of it. It was really good. Yeah. That has been one thing that we've sort of touched on, you know, saying the I guess that one upside, if you will, from having no live music for so long is that people will be so eager 
to come back and see it and support it. And it's great to hear that you did have that experience. Like, you know, it's not often you see, as you mentioned, massive queues waiting to get in at, you know, time the gates open as opposed to by the time the main act is on the stage. Um, and COVID has actually occupied almost a third of your life as an act. You, you started in 2015. Uh, we're now in 2021. COVID's been around for a couple, or 18 months, a couple of years now. What have you learned um, from this period? Because, you know, you've still been able to maintain your rise and your releases as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, I'm a pretty positive person from, you know, using the whole uh, never judge a book by its cover. But I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I guess I, I've learned a, a lot about myself through this whole COVID experience. Um, it really did. It really did get to me personally on a, on a personal level, how I was dealing with it. And, and then also that transition between, you know, like we were talking before we, we got on camera of, you know, we had plans to write the record in Queensland um, and that completely got stopped. And we were supposed to, in 2020, we were supposed to go to America and Europe twice each in 2020. And obviously that all got canned. Um, and it, it took a really hard hit for me mentally to start with of just like, shit, I'm going to be sitting around for a whole year twiddling my thumbs. Um, and then I kind of saw the effect that it was happening on other artists, on other bands, on the promoters and, you know, everybody else within my industry. I mean, I do understand and, and I'm, I don't want to just talk about the music industry because everybody got affected in so many different ways. But I guess, you know, people in my industry are, have the the upside of it is, is I guess um, the music industry, I feel, has gotten a lot closer through all of this. Um, I, I feel that this is just a personal view but and i would never bring up certain bands or anything that this happened to but boo seeker well, i've always wanted to create this um you know we are in it together prior to covid you know we should be out there going and and having having drinks after shows and you know if there's 10 10 bands in the, in the one city playing at one time um you know let's catch up and go and have beers but it really wasn't like that i felt like there was very much like a bit of a you, you took my crowd kind of thing away from me which was really shit I, I kind of really hated that in the industry for a while and um i feel like that's completely and utterly changed through this everyone is like there to help each other out whether it's a certain band that's uh, bringing out a new song you just see like heaps of other bands promoting it and putting it on their social medias now or um you know certain artists and bands and everybody that are just talking each other through like what can we do to help or just even if it's just a just a chat, you know, to talk about the ups and lows that we've all been going through through COVID. So it has, it definitely has been a bit of an up and down experience through all of this. But I, I definitely think personally I've grown a lot from this and I'm ready for I'm ready to be able to tackle whether we were going to have to go through this again for another year or if we come up back end of this and go into 2022, being able to go back to normal. I feel like I've learned a lot and, and I'm ready for it. So, yeah, there's definitely been highs and lows, but there has been some good things that have come out of this for sure. Yeah, that's a really interesting perspective like that from the, the kind of ins and outs of the music scene thing. It's not something we would have necessarily picked up on before. Uh, I suppose it's a great silver lining to focus on. Uh, if we can bring the, the kind of look at the music scene uh, a bit narrower to where you came out of, which is Newcastle, um, your your hometown, um, what was the scene like there for you as an up-and-coming artist kind of prior to this? I think prior to Boost Seeker, when I first started playing music, it was heaving. There was 
bands upon bands upon bands and there was a really good scene. And just when Boo started, I feel like there wasn't much of a scene at all. There's only really two live music venues uh, in Newcastle, the Cambridge, which is basically like my second home. I play there every tour. I've played there God knows how many times. Um, and then another venue called the Bar on the Hill. Um, but they're kind of, the rooms are too big for those, um, you know, the up and coming bands. When I first started out in my first band, you know, there was, there was probably about six or seven live music venues anywhere from a hundred caps all the way up to, you know, your entertainment centers doing 5,000. Um, and that's definitely changed over the years. When I started off with Boo, there wasn't much of a scene happening in Newcastle. Um, other from the Cambridge, that was about the only place where there was live music to go and see on a weekend. I do feel though, through this whole COVID thing, because, you know, even now I'm, I'm talking to friends and people that, I knew had in them had, you know, know, know their way around um, a guitar or a piano or, or whatever. And obviously haven't really looked at doing it or pursuing it as a career or even, you know, doing it as just a, a really wanted hobby. I think because I've had all this time to sit down because I've got nothing else to do, I feel like the, the scene is going to heave again. You know, like I'm hearing on Triple J, it's, it's great to be hearing, you know, I, you know, new band on Triple J on Earth from Newcastle. And it's like, yes, the, you know, Newcastle's back, you know. So, yeah, it's um, it's been good to see the, the live music scene in Newcastle, you know, start to to get bigger again for sure. We're sort of a little bit opposite, I guess. We're based on the Central Coast and we have a lot of bands come out of the coast, but there's a very little live music scene because there's a lack of venues that are sort of, you know, there's no Cambridge Hotel here on the coast. So they do travel to Newcastle or they travel down to Sydney uh, for those sorts of gigs. So, I'm trying to think of the venues we play down there. It's like rather the uh, the Beach Coma or the Entrance Hotel or the something or other. Yeah. It's about all, the, all you guys have got down there, yeah? Definitely yeah. nothing dedicated. <laughs> we've been trying to push for for something like that for a little while but we didn't have a lot of influence over you know the people who own those sorts of venues but you know we had whispers that you know the the beery um Interigal was you know one of those venues that wanted to try and push that um but they were linked with mountain sounds and the festival obviously went kaput so then that never went ahead um the entrance leagues club they have a sort of a dedicated that sort of an 800 capacity room so it's good for that sort of up and coming bands but nothing sort of beyond that yeah i mean the other one that comes to mind um and it's probably completely flipped to the venues and the size of venues that you're talking to is um there's a place down there called the is it called the rhythm hut right next door to our studio perfect now I know the Rhythm Hut through one of my best mates, Kim Churchill. He went down there and he like could not stop talking about how good the gig was. Um, and I think that's been also a really good thing that's come out of this whole COVID thing is like when it was like what November, December last year, you know, bands couldn't go and play 800 cat rooms, you know, like there was just no such thing of doing um, that size capacities. You had to, play to a hundred people and that was about it you know and it was good to see venues that had enough space you know and at that present time as well it was all sit down so it was good to see venues going hey we actually can do live music you know it may not be a party band but we we can do 
acoustic music or you know a, a, an up-and-comer singer-songwriter on a, on a piano or a keyboard or whatever and there was a lot more I, I felt that there was a lot of more restaurants and, and small venues like the Rhythm Heart that were taking the risk to to put on live events and that was a really cool thing that I thought kind of came out of the back end of, and of last year because there was venues popping up on artist posters that I'd never heard of in my life and and it was good to just see more venues trying to take the risk of getting live music into their venues so that was kind of cool to see I'm loving your perspective on this you're throwing heaps of good positive nuggets at us that we probably hadn't considered before which is great and and when I think about it the couple of gigs that I've been to um since COVID where we've been allowed to have both been at the Rhythm Hut so I mean obviously that that kind of strategy is working and getting people and bums on seats um but back to back to you guys you uh, have recently kind of transitioned into now just being like a solo project a project of all of your own um what was that like and how's that change been you know since, since that's taken place <laughs> the crazy thing is i'm not actually solo <laughs> um everyone everyone's been writing about that i'm now a solo project I, i'm i guess i'm the face of boost seeker now but there's still two people always going to be on stage um it just kind of got revealed at the festival that we just played at who's going to be with me uh with boo at the moment and that's actually jay from golding the song that you just played before he's actually now part of boo seeker so um the face of boo for the moment will, will just be me but i haven't really turned into a solo uh, a solo act um i guess it also got confusing for people with you know the new single that i just brought out um, with Tripwire being more of an acoustic-based song, I think a lot of people just kind of put the two and two together that I was going solo, but that, that, that's not the case. I'm actually still doing very much the, the sound that everyone knows of Boo Seeker, you know, in that electronic realm, and I'm even pushing the ele- electronic thing kind of a bit harder on, on this next record. So this record's very um, diverse, you know, it's and it's something that uh, I, I guess going through that moment where... Um, I had that split that I was writing these songs that were more acoustic and acoustic music is where I originally came from. Um, but when I started with Boo, I always used the acoustic song to write the music, but then always just straight away turned it into an electronic song where but this time around I've kind of felt like I just want to do the, the songs um, justice. So if it, if it doesn't need, if it just needs to be, and the acoustic song, it's okay to just let it be an acoustic song. Don't you don't have to change it into something that it, you may not necessarily feel it needs to be. So it's been interesting talking to people saying, "Oh, you've you've gone solo, you've gone solo," and it's like, "No, I haven't gone solo at all. I've, I've, it's just that I felt like putting out an acoustic song, and everyone's seen all the stuff online, kind of just turned to me, and and that's just because um, you know I I just think for now that's I, I didn't know with the process of of Michael leaving the band what was going to happen but I always knew that I would always have um, another person with me but I just didn't know who that person was going to be and, and what was going to be happening in the near future so it was just best for me to just you know I'm never going to stop doing booze so just let it be me but you never know there might be another face of booze seeker in the in the near future 
It's funny you mentioned the way that you always started out acoustic and then turned it electronic. We spoke to Ruben Styles from Picking Duck a couple of weeks ago um, in his new project, Yoga. Um, he said a lot of his songs started out that way as well. He'd write it in one style and then he'd try and completely flip it. And if it still works, he knows his songwriting is strong. So if that's how you've created all of your music, you know your songwriting ability at least is, is top class. Um, but I want to at what point did you flip? from going acoustic to electronic to just go, you know what, I'm happy with this as an acoustic. You said that was sort of how you began and that was sort of in your roots. But at what point did you make that switch for the Boo Seeker project? Yeah, only just recently, to be completely honest. We, um, I wrote the song Tripwire and um, showed it to Matt Bartlett, um, my producer, who was actually the other part of Golding. Um, so Golding's basically become part of my family. Now I've got one half playing with Boo Seeker and the other half producing the record. <laughs> um, and it very much was, you know, I gave him a demo of, of Tripwire and we started trying to make it electronic. And it was like when I first showed Matt the original demo of Tripwire, he was like, man, all, all my hairs on my arms are standing up. Like this is, this is incredible. And we started trying to turn it back into the sound that everyone knows Boo Seeker to be at this present time. And he was like, it's just not hitting me the way that that original d demo was. Like, I think we need to maybe try this acoustic thing for this track. So we literally just laid it down a bit better and we were like, yep, all right, that's that's sounding better. And then we're like, well, maybe all it needs is just some strings. You know, bringing in strings has always been a, a part of Boo Seeker. I've always loved string stuff. Um, but this time around, we, we didn't do electronic strings. We got a guy um, from America to play some strings on it and we listened back to it and was like it, it was probably that first time in my career with Boo Seeker that I'm like this is that point where a lot of artists talk about overcooking a song and this is that point that I need to realize that I don't need to do anything more to this track I just needed to let it be yeah, and, and the proof is definitely in the pudding with that one. We're going to hit play on it pretty soon, uh, the new one, Tripwire. The, the one thing that I kind of found striking, and I suppose it's really a nod to your songwriting ability, is that kind of Tripwire kind of evokes the same feeling and carries the same uh, like energy and atmosphere as one of your far more expansive electronic songs does as well. It's just kind of the way that you've put that together. Is that something you were kind of trying to go for there, or is it just something that's become your, your default sound? Because it was, you know, it, I just found it really interesting that it was still able to do that while being an acoustic song yeah I th yeah that's a good that's a really good question i i just think i think the first record that i that uh me and sam wrote you know sam was a, a big part of the the music side of things because he was a producer and a dj um so not only I, I mean i was into electronic music um prior to meeting sam but from the writing the music side of things sam probably had a lot more to to bringing in all those kind of electronic sounds. And then when Sam left, I kind of took the baton, I guess, of what I'd learned with Sam and kept going with that. But I also had this kind of feeling with the next record and the, and the other songs that I wanted to write that never, never too soon was kind of this breakup record um, that I had written. And I was like, man, I, I want to write a fun record. I want to write a bit more of a, upbeat vibey record you know everything's happy 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 and i just realized that i was avoiding the shit that i should have been writing about you know and i, and I was realizing that 
the demos that I was showing friends, they weren't connecting with them as much. And it was because of the, well, I just wasn't writing about things that meant, meant something to me. I was trying to write something that was just nothing, nothing was pulling on the heartstrings. So I, I think, um, I think I've gone a full, full circle with that. It was really good to have people around me to experience like what it is to be an artist and being okay to write about things that really, you know, hit the heartstrings for me. And they speak louder to the people that listen to boo, boo music than, you know, trying to, trying to fake a song for the sake of, um, you know, trying to write a happy vibey song, but it's just nothing that connects with people. So I've kind of taken that experience and taken this kind of whole full circle of wanting to just do this, the, the music, oh, sorry, the songs justice um, and writing the music around it that that song should lead itself to. And I think it's also, a, it's, it's a new, um, like to make a, a diverse record that still seems cohesive altogether has been a whole new experience for me. So to have full-blown banger electronic songs and then a ne the next song, an acoustic song comes on, it, it's kind of been really cool to be able to do that. And it's, it's been a hard thing to do, but it's been the right thing to do. Yeah, that's a fantastic insight. I mean, you mentioned this this album, um, and it, it is going to be a, a whole wide mix. Can you give us a little bit of a, a taste of what to expect? You know, you've got the Banger Electronic, we've got the acoustic single release now. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about the album and and when it's coming? What we might be able to expect from it? Um, <laughs> well, the it's, it, it hasn't. Um, I wouldn't say I saw a thing on Triple J. Just before I spoke to you, I think it's been 402 days since the release date of Donda's Kanye West record that was supposed <laughs> to come out. Um, so uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping this record is going to come out in February. Um, the reason why I'm I'm taking a little bit, of, I mean, I've been saying that this record is going to come out for a while. In some ways, it feels like it is a bit of a Donda experience for myself. Um, but just with COVID couple of other things with Michael leaving the band and everything. It's, it just would have been a really silly thing for me to rush this. And with the release of this album, I just want to do it right. I want to, I'm kind of going to enjoy, I don't know if confusion is the right word, but it's going to be interesting dropping the next single after Tripwire. And I just want to do the whole complete opposite to what I've done with Tripwire um, and bring out, you know, a, what people would know Boo Seeker to be and, and see the diversity that this record is going to be. Um, and also, I can't say too much or, or who it's with, but um, another good thing that's come out of this whole COVID thing is um, I haven't done many collaborations in the past um, and I haven't done many features on, on uh, any songs at all, really. Um, but I've been writing with a certain artist that I'm super, super excited about and, and it's looking like um, I'm going to be doing um, maybe one or two songs with them and one of those will probably drop this year, I hope. So we've just kind of got to make make it all um, flow out right between now and, and our album and, and what's going to come in between. We know you're not going to give us the name, but can you give us any hints? Are they are Australian artists or are they international? It's an Australian artist, yeah. Okay, there we go. That's what we like to hear here on Home Brood. Uh, what about for the rest of the year or moving into next year? We said the album hopefully dropping in February. Any more tours or festivals? I know, you know, where you are at the moment, it, things are opening up with, you know, New South Wales and Victoria. Things are certainly in lockdown. So it makes it a bit difficult to plan these sorts of things. But do you have anything in the works? 
Yeah, we do. I mean, we've got a, a, um, a tour that's been booked and it's it's out at the moment, but it's looking like we're probably going to have to postpone quite a lot of the, the shows due to everything COVID, obviously. Um, but we're hoping that we're not going to have to postpone the whole tour and we're going to do um, a few a few of them. Um, I'm hoping to get back to to Perth. It's been two years since I've played Perth, so um, I'm still hoping that we can get over there and do that. Um, and also, I think Tasmania is still going to go ahead, but other from that, we're probably going to have to cancel the rest of the tour. Um, and yes, there is a lot of festivals um, coming up that haven't been released. I think they're going to get released in about a week or two, so um, can't say too much about that right now, but it'll all be on the internet as as uh, as, as quickly as possible. But I, I think that's just been another really big experience with this whole COVID thing, you know, like I can't change, like we can't change it. You just got to kind of roll with the punches and I can't be bothered doing this anymore and cross your arms and sit there and mope about it, which I personally was doing, you know, when, when it all hit in March. Um, now I've learned that it's just like, all right, you know, what's plan Z? <laughs> Let, let's, <laughs> let's change it again and, and let's, Let's figure out what we're going to do. So we've been holding off on the record because I do really want to give this record the best chance that I can to get out there and, and play it to everybody. And I'd hate to put it out and, and not be able to, to tour it. So um, I'm not in a rush to put it out, but I'm, I'm enjoying just putting out, you know, single song by song at the moment. You know, a lot of the songs that we brought out last year, they were originally going to go on the record, like days get better, take a look and never enough. Um, but because I've been sitting around in the studio just writing music, none of those songs are going to go on the record now and I've just written a bunch more stuff. So I guess the hindsight of it and the good thing of it is it's just more music that we're getting out there in the world, I guess. That's always a good thing. And I think you're doing the right thing by sort of staggering your tour. You know, if you are able to go to WA or Tasmania currently, even though you can't get to New South Wales or Victoria, you might as well go ahead and do them because the way things are changing at the moment, you might postpone the whole tour till February and then suddenly the whole country is in lockdown and you can't do any of it. So you might as well do a bit of touring while you can. Yeah. I, I, you know, I don't want to be cliche, man, but it's like I, I love what I do. Like, I mean, if I could literally play 365 days a year I would I mean I've actually told my management which they pull their hair out because they know I actually want to do it I, <laughs> I really want to do like 300 shows in a year I've done I think in in the past I think we've done over 200 in a year but I want to push it to in that 300 mark um, because I just love what I do so I mean if there's an opportunity to go and play a show and I don't have to postpone it then man let's go and do it like I just there's a way of doing it safe. No one's going to get hurt. No one's going to get sick. Borders are open and, and you know, all of that kind of thing. I mean, and and not other shows uh, are going to get affected by it. Then why postpone it? Let's go and play music. Let's go and put smiles on people's faces and have fun, especially with all this shit that's going on. Like, why the hell would you want to postpone? So let's go. Well, after the endorsement earlier on, I think you've got a gig at the Rhythm Hut lined up. <laughs> I'm here on the coast. Let's go. <laughs> I, haven't um, played the, I haven't played the Rhythm Hut, so I mean, maybe that's something we can do on the next tour for sure. Well, if you do set it up, definitely keep us in the loop. We'll be promoting it and uh, we'll be there ourselves as well. Um, we, we'll move on now. Tripwire, the newest release. Um, you sort of mentioned it's you know, more acoustic. you got some strings in there. Um, what can you tell us about this one? Uh, I think again, like this was this was a song of me 
I'm um, usually a pretty closed book. So, I mean, this was, I wanted to put out this song first because it felt like it was me accepting it's okay to tell people what I'm feeling at the moment. And, you know, I was going through a bit of a rough time. So I, I have a hard time talking openly to friends about stuff going on, let alone writing a song about it and giving it to the whole world. So uh, it felt like it was a, a good way to, to get over that, take a deep breath and, and you know, just say it as, as it is. You know, I always usually use my lyrical writing of, kind of bouncing around a certain subject matter to let other people, um, I guess, paint the picture of what my lyrics mean for their own circumstances. But for this one, I just wanted to straight out put out what the message was. So I don't think it's pretty clear. <laughs> well, there you go. We'll, we'll hit Planet now. Um, brand new stuff uh, from Boo Seeker. Ben, thanks so much for ch- chatting to us. Uh, we're really looking forward to seeing what this next album is going to look like, uh, what these next single releases are going to look like, and we hope to God that you can be touring uh, 300 days of the year as soon as possible. Man, and thanks to you guys, not only for me, but you know, without you guys doing this kind of stuff for artists and bands and stuff, like you guys are keeping being at home not being able to tour and still getting show you know getting the message out of of music for all of us you know and promoting it so it really means a lot from me to you guys for doing this so thank you